In this lesson, we will begin our discussion on one of the major areas in relation to commercial law, which is agency. Now, in its most primitive and fundamental aspect, an agency relationship is established between a principal, an agent, and a third party. It is a mechanism by which a multiplicity can occur with the principal. What this means is the principal divests authority, either special or general, towards an agent who in turn can contract on behalf of the principal with a third party. A very good and easy example to understand this relationship is that of, for instance, a company that might have branches spread across various parts of a country. Now, it must be noted that the relationship between the principal and the agent rests on authority. Now, there is a lot that we must get into in relation to authority, but for the purposes of this particular lesson, it is sufficient to note that authority is the relationship or the contract which binds the principal and the agent, and also provides an enforceable right for the agent to contract on behalf of the principal with a third party. Moreover, this relationship which exists between the principal and the agent is enforceable to the level of legal certainty. As in, there is a possibility for the third party to sue the agent if the agent has in fact exceeded his authority. Now, the agency relationship between the principal and the agent exists as long as there is authority. So you can understand how important this component of authority, this binding contract between the principal and agent is. It can either be for a single transaction or for a series of transactions. For instance, you might contract with a friend of yours to sell your car for you. So he acts as your agent and when you find a buyer for that particular vehicle, you provide or you facilitate or you moderate whatever that transaction is. And although you are contracting with that third party, the contract in fact exists between the third party and your friend or the principal. Now, if you are doing company law uh, as a subject, you might know that companies themselves cannot exist or do anything for that matter without agents. There is a fiduciary relationship as well between the principal and the agent. For instance, directors of a company can be considered as agents of that company. Now, it is very important, even at this very fundamental level, that we understand that the relationship which exists between the principal and the agent goes beyond that of a normal contract. We call it authority because we want to enforce not only the legal premise of it, but also the fiduciary nature of it. What I mean by the fiduciary nature is, it's something that goes beyond that which is a normal contract, more along the lines of a responsibility which is owed by the agent towards his or her principal. Now, before we move on, let's define what is called secret profit. When, for instance, either the principal or the agent makes a profit without either party's consent, there is a secret profit in hand. Now, I noted earlier that the most important factor in an agency relationship is the authority. So the principal provides authority to the agent to do certain acts. For instance, if the authority is only to sell cars, let's say it's a, it's a car sale, and the principal has given authority to the agent to only sell cars. And this particular car sale has jeeps, vans, and trucks. 
If the agent goes on to sell, for instance, trucks, that goes beyond the authority that the principal has provided for him. Moreover, if the agent goes on to sell uh, cars and then keeps a percentage of that profit for himself without declaring it to the principal, that can be considered as a secret profit as well, which vitiates that authority that is provided by the principal. Moreover, this premise of secret profit being had by the agent and going beyond the authority can have consequences for the third party as well. For instance, let's take in the occasion of the agent going above and beyond the authority allocated to him by the principal and the third party having suffered loss. So in the first instance, the relationship between the principal and the third party would stipulate that since the third party has now suffered loss and in the event that he knows who the principal is, he can sue the principal directly. Now this might seem confusing at this point, but we will go on to discuss something called the disclosed and the undisclosed principle. In the event the party is a disclosed principle, the third party can directly sue the principal. Whereas in, if it's an undisclosed principle, he has no option but to simply sue the agent only. In the second instance, in the same scenario, between the principal and the agent, if the agent has gone beyond the authority and caused a loss for the third party, the principal can sue the agent to recover the loss that he has incurred from the third party. So for instance here, the agent who is the seminal, pivotal and the center player in this whole scheme of things, has gone above the authority that has been allocated to him, which has in turn caused damage or caused a loss to the third party. So the third party, knowing full well who the principal of this agent is, goes straight to the principal and sues him. Because the contract, even though it is between the third party and the agent initially, on paper, legally, it's a contract between the principal and the third party. Conversely, because the principal has now suffered a loss due to the agent going above the authority that was provided to him, he in turn can sue the agent to recover the loss that he had to pay the third party. Now what's most important and what has to be recognized here is the element that defines who can recover what and who can be sued is the authority itself. If the agent was acting within the authority provided and still the third party suffered a loss, it would mean that the principal is liable, but the principal cannot sue the agent to recover the said loss towards the third party. Now, as we noted earlier, there are different kinds of principles. We will go into this proper a bit later on in the course, but for the purposes of this lesson, it is important to identify at this juncture. In the earlier example, we took the scenario based on a disclosed principle. The third party was aware of the agent that he dealt with as well as who the principle of that agent was. So a disclosed principle is merely where the third party knows exactly who the principal is. Therefore, he can sue the agent or the principal. Conversely, in an undisclosed principal relationship, the third party does not know who the principal is Therefore, his options are only to sue the agent. There is an in-between principle as well called the partially disclosed principle, whereas in the third party partially knows who the principle is. So he can sue A and perhaps the principle depending on the agreement itself. Now, this might seem confusing at this point, but very basically what it means is the third party communicates with the agent and deals with the agent 
but he knows that this agent cannot be working on his own. There is another party that he is working for. However, the agent has not disclosed who this other party is. The difference between this and the undisclosed principle is the third party has no idea that there is a principle. For him, the principle is the agent himself. Much like there are these three different types of principles, there are a myriad of agents as well. The most common of all is the general agent. Now, we considered this a bit earlier in this lesson where an authority or an agency relationship can exist for either a single transaction or several. In the case of a general agent, he or she looks after all the interests of the principal. Take for instance the car sale example, where the agent was entitled to only sell cars. Think of a situation where he is an agent who has the authority to sell any type of vehicle within that car sale. He or she can be considered even as a general agent. Conversely, a special agent, much like the exciting counterpart you might have seen in movies, has few or specific powers or authority, and no, not a license to kill. The special agent is like the example we discussed earlier, where the agent of the car sale is only allowed to sell cars, not vans, not jeeps, not trucks and buses. A mercantile agent is someone who can sell, buy or loan or raise funds on behalf of the principal. A factor agent keeps the goods and sells on behalf of the principal. So the third party pays directly to the principal and not the agent. A Del Crudere agent is an extension of a factor agent, as in he collects the money on behalf of the principal and gets a Del Crudere commission as well. Now it's notable here that most of these agents, uh, their commissions or rather their gain from this will actually also depend on the type of work which is allocated to them as well as the type of principal as well. For instance, in the event that it's a disclosed principle, it is obvious that a third party in the event of a breach can also sue uh, directly the principal, presuming that the agent hasn't gone beyond the authority. But in the event that it's an undisclosed principle, the agent is taking an added risk of having to have the burden of litigation if something goes wrong. Hence, it is normal that the commission or whatever gain allocated to, that, to such an agent is more than that of a disclosed principal agent's relationship. A commercial house is also a type of agent where there is buying and selling which occurs between the local party and an overseas party. You might have heard of forwarding agents who takes from the principal and delivers, somewhat of a messenger so to speak. Now something which is in the grey area or somewhat controversial depending on the situation is a broker whom could also be considered as an agent or a pseudo or a quasi-agent. There are no contracts between the principal and the so-called agent, but the broker gets a commission. That was a very brief introduction into agency. Now, we have only just scratched the surface of this particular topic in relation to commercial law. In the next lesson, we will go forward and discuss the various aspects in relation to creating an agency relationship.